Welcome to CS Radio. Hello, everyone. Welcome to episode 185 of CS Radio. I'm J. Michael DeAngelis. And I'm Natty Leach. And boy, Natty, we're uh, a week behind right out of the gate because somebody... It's my fault. ...got COVID point two. I did. You know what? wasn't that bad. Good. Point one was way worse. Good. I'm glad it wasn't horrific. I'm a two-time COVID award-winning yeah. person. <laughs> <laughs> Your annual COVID retreat. Yes. It luckily did not prevent you from attending the Mothman Festival in West Virginia. Yeah, that that was that was insane. That town is tiny, but man, there were a lot of people there for the Mothman Festival to honor the Mothman himself. And what what sort of things happened at this festival? You know, unspeakable things. <laughs> unspeakable. It's really just a lot of little vendors selling cryptid related things. Um, there's a, a stage they have kind of a, a amphitheater by the river there, which is kind of cool. And there was a blues band playing that kept asking the audience how much they love blues. And how much did the audience love blues? I think there were a couple cheers and like that guy likes the blues. Okay. So then they kept playing the blues and then referring to that guy. <laughs> it's all for you, bud. <laughs> These are all things I could hear, but I was just further away from the stage and couldn't see. Um, yeah, there's the Mothman Museum cataloging all of the sightings of the Mothman in West Virginia and the bridge collapse as well the year later Mm -hmm. and the movie, the Mothman prophecies with Richard Gere and Laura Linney and Deborah Messing. Oh, truly a murderer's row. (laughs) Um, you, uh, you and uh, Emily, you like to, uh, you take a lot of cryptid themed travels. Yeah. The Squonka Palooza people were at, Mothman oh. Fest. So has Emily made some friends? Is this like, like people who travel to see fish, and you see the same people over and she over? She was again? mad at me. I didn't wear. I wore my Squonkapalooza shirt as we were leaving West Virginia. She's like, "Why didn't you wear that yesterday? People would have loved it." And I'm like, I don't want to draw attention. Yeah. I had enough people yelling "Go Birds!" at me because I had my Eagle shirt on. I didn't think West Virginia I, would have enough. That they're everywhere. Shirt. They're everywhere. I went all the way to L.A. and people were yelling "Go Birds!" at me. Right. I was checking out. Of the Great Northern Hotel in Twin Peaks, Washington. Nice. And they said, "Where are you? Where are you heading back to, sir?" And I said, "Philadelphia." And a disembodied voice, like straight out of a <laughs> David Lynch movie from the back office, went, "Go birds!" Go birds! <laughs> and I was like, "Oh boy, okay." <laughs> so uh, yeah, they're everywhere. It's everywhere. I'm a huge fan, but I, I still, I still. Little, that always catches me off guard. A little, a little. decorum, please. Yeah, yeah. Please, we're at a cryptid festival. <laughs> uh, I myself had some interesting travels this past weekend to the wonderful land of Lego. I went to Legoland in Goshen, New York, home of Lego Loss. Uh, uh, no, no, uh, they had, they did have the five hundred dollar uh, Lord of the Rings. I, saying, I know set they have could, one of those buy. Uh, There's no Lord of the Rings themed. Um, attraction in Legoland. Uh, but it was very cool. Uh, if you're an adult uh, like myself, uh, the highlight of Legoland is Miniland, where you walk through their display of various Lego replicas of U.S. cities. Uh, the most, the, the most, the biggest display was New York City. Of course. Philadelphia only represented by Independence Hall 
in a shared display with other colonial buildings of Boston. And I was like, no. come on, guys. We don't, we don't claim them. We're like half an hour from the Poconos, 90 minutes, two hours tops from Philadelphia. Know your audience. Know your audience is all I'm saying. Pretty big San Francisco, pretty big Chicago, huge Las Vegas, pretty big Ooh. L.A., Vegas was good. There's Did a they lot have of the new sphere or whatever is in Las Vegas. No, they didn't have that new sphere, but they had uh, a full um, a Bellagio with the fountains. Oh, cool! And uh, the the tower and uh, the the pyramid. It was you know it was pretty good. I was really impressed. Uh, a lot of little in jokes, a lot of little loving homages. So I, I spent the majority of my time. Uh, just enjoying all the little details of, of Miniland. That's great. You know, because I would say if I was planning this past weekend, I probably would not have put Legoland on the list, but it was a bachelor party. It's a Lego-themed wedding. wasn't your weekend. So there wasn't a lot of room for negotiation as to what we were doing. But what a great segue in today's topic Legos. Uh, negotiation. Oh, oh, oh. Negotiation. Tis the season. To negotiate. Uh, we've got return offers rolling in from the summer. We've got on-campus recruiting happening right now. People are getting fresh offers. How much room for negotiation is there, Natty? You never know. But because you never know, you should always ask. Um, I kind of get two reactions from students. It's either like, why would I even negotiate? Um, what are you talking about? And, oh, yeah, you're right. I didn't think about that. I should probably ask. Um, I, I think, I mean, we've talked about negotiation a bunch of times on the show over the years. But, you know, we've got fresh ears on this. Um, I think let's start with the basics about what is and isn't open to negotiation. Now, this isn't a blanket statement, right, because certain things that certain employers won't be and other things will be. But I think when people think about negotiation, money is the the thing that comes straight to mind, right? In a lot of ways, I mean, I don't want to speak for anyone's own values, but a lot of times that's the one that you want to you want to get movement on because that helps with if your company does bonuses or raises later, it's usually based on your base salary to begin with. Um, this happens a little bit less because it's less common. There's more laws in place that don't don't allow employers to ask what your previous salary was. But there were a lot of times ways in which your first salary would be deterministic of what your next salary would be, even at another job, because they would look at what you had previously and say, oh, we'll just give them 10% more than what they had there. Um, so I think from your perspective, a lot of times base salary, if that can be negotiable, that's one thing you should definitely try um, to talk through with your employer. But there are other things, uh, of course, too. Um, even the offer itself. Timing, you know, like if you're start given a, date, if you're given a deadline, oh, yeah, deadline, a, a, a deadline for acceptance, a start date. I talked to a few students. It, this has been coming up a lot because, as you mentioned, it's the season. But I talked to quite a few students who were talking about how they wanted them to start right away, but they wanted to travel with their family. They were planning to go abroad um, over the summer, and obviously, you don't always get a good chance to do that once you're working because you're oftentimes in your first especially the first like six months or so of that job you're pretty dedicated on learning the ropes and getting everything squared away before you're actually able to take any meaningful amount of time yeah that's right sometimes the job itself is negotiable i think we know somebody on the job hunt right now who maybe is shaping their own job description is that so i've heard it's a rumor 
Interesting. Interesting. Yeah. What kind, what would you do in that situation, Sam, if you were presented with a a vague job description? I'm not sure. I mean, I'm, my first thought would be to ask. I would think that I think it's a good. I think it's a good first step. Gain clarity to understand that common ground. Is would that be correct? Yes. Yeah, I think that's a great first step. You nailed it. Uh, I think, in general, right? It never hurts to ask, right? <clears throat> yeah, and, and all those que- like there are so many questions you might have about an offer that uh, a lot of times people are jumping to the first thing on their mind is should I accept this or not. Um, but there's probably a million questions you could ask that could help you better figure out whether you you want to accept that or not. Um, and a good starting point is always to gather your thoughts, look at what questions you might have, look at the details that were sent to you so far, and always reach out to the employer and say, hey, really excited about this opportunity. Can we set aside some time to talk through some questions that I have? Um, and they'll usually be really happy to do that. Um, I think it's all, almost always better to do it by phone or by Zoom if you're able to, so you can actually talk sure. to the person. Yeah, have an actual conversation. But it's a great starting point. And obviously, you want to do some background work so you're not just going blind in that conversation. Um, but having that conversation is really important. Well, what sort of background work should I be doing? So you could look into um, if some of this depends on what you want to negotiate. Some of it depends on the specifics of your role. Um, you could look at the details of the job description. You could look at the salary, the benefits, whether that's vacation, um, start date. Um, sometimes for a lot of times in tech, like they might be giving you shares. Um, uh so Mm -hmm. all of these things could be negotiable. I think some are less commonly negotiable than others. Like you're not going to really negotiate healthcare benefits usually. Um, Vacation sometimes comes up, but it's pretty rare. Like these days, that people usually have pretty standardized approach to how much they give for PTO time. Um, but even those things could be negotiable. You could also look at whether the company has given you a signing bonus um, or a performance bonus. A lot of times, those are pretty vague. I was working with a student who it kind of just said there may be a mm, performance mm-hmm. bonus based on the things that you might do. It was extremely vague. Um, but that was a great I point think to make to particularly with performance bonuses. I think standard bonus, you're either getting one or you're not, right? Yeah. How much you're getting might be a negotiation point. I in my experience, I've never heard of anyone nego- negotiating from no signing bonus to a signing bonus. I guess it's possible, but typically it's you're getting one and you're not. Yeah. When there's not a signing bonus, though, what I'll tell students to ask and inquire about, though, is relocation assistance. Exactly. Sometimes when you phrase it that way, it becomes something that's easier for them to visualize putting on the table for you. Exactly. Getting to this new city. Yeah. Um, And even if it's not that far from where you live, you could still ask because you're moving from You're still moving. There's expenses. There's expenses. Uh, And if if you're moving to a big city, the expenses are more expensive. It's just the way it is. Yeah. And the things that you look at, you the, the biggest thing you need to be prepared for, because whenever you ask about any of these things, a common response from the employer is probably going to be, what did you have in mind? So they're going to... Sure. Yeah. So no, yeah, have something that you want to ask for. Just to real quickly loop back on performance bonus as yeah. a negotiator, those are often vague they're because performance bonuses are are based on performance but they also may not have they may not want to say you're definitely getting one because they may not happen every year and sometimes it is vague i mean let's put our cards on the table do you understand how our raises work no no and i've been here a long time um but that's why i think it's best to ask and it's 
a common question is, is it bad to ask these questions? Is it going to reflect poorly upon me? No, it's not and bad. Almost never, unless you're being like extremely don't um, be a aggressive jerk. Yeah. or rude to them. As long as you're approaching it from enthusiasm and excitement for the opportunity, um, they're going to see that you're advocating well for yourself. You have a good sense of your, your own worth. Um, you have a good ability to advocate on behalf of, of yourself in a way that might also benefit how they can see you in that role. I mean, a lot of our students go into things like consulting or um, I was talking to a student who's going to a talent agency. Like these are roles in which you are sometimes advocating on behalf of a client. Absolutely. And particularly at a talent agency, your whole job is going to eventually become negotiating. Yeah. So I always tell those students like this, this is going to reflect well upon you <laughs> yeah. if you're going about it the right way. So don't, don't get in your own head about, um, about any friction there. The, the worst case scenario for any of this is probably just going to be them saying, no, sorry, this is, is what it is. I think it's worth uh, mentioning while we're on the topic. Um, this comes up frequently. It was a really hot topic, like, pre-pandemic. Mm-hmm. Um, and I haven't heard as much about it since then. But it's pretty well established that there is a disparity in men and women's negotiations because traditionally women have not felt comfortable asking for more, not as. So there was the whole lean in movement um, about, you know, making sure that you are asking the same questions that your male colleagues are or even asking for more. Yeah. And some of it goes into the, that comfort level of willingness to, to ask um, about it. I haven't seen a recent, I think the most recent one I saw was, like four or five years I was just, ago. Everything I've seen is pre, pre-pandemic time. Yeah, and I will say, like, over time, the things that I have seen have gotten closer and closer together. I think a lot of that is because many employers, and this goes into what is negotiable and what's not, many employers have started to move towards just having a standardized, this is the salary we offer for all of our incoming X position Yeah, role. we definitely see less of a disparity now in gender wage gaps when you look at it job to job if i'm doing the same job as beth is doing we're probably getting equal pay yep probably it's not universal but we've definitely seen that gap close as employers have become more aware of oh that's not great oh we can get in trouble if people start to realize that we pay our women less um, Good old self-preservation. So let's just in. so let's just standardize the 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 base pay. Yeah, and sometimes some of the 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 data that I saw in the past two indicated about how women or first gen students will sometimes take be more likely to take positions that are at like nonprofits or places that happen to have smaller salaries. So sometimes the gap ends up being partly because of that but like you said when it's at least recently when it's standardized across that same position for what we've seen for Penn students lately it's been extremely close um but even then it's still worth asking because you don't always know like this is not always super obvious is am I getting the exact same offer package as my friend who I interned with just this summer yeah um there's not always great clarity there um so Mm. it always is still worth asking uh, there's uh, <clears throat> certainly a movement afoot nationally 
about sharing that sort yep. of information about not keeping these things secret and being like, well, they offered Natty seventy-eight thousand dollars. They only offered Michael seventy thousand dollars. And let's face it, Michael's carrying this shit. <laughs> um, so you know, the more information you have, you know, the more. Uh, quiver uh, bows in your quiver as they say no arrows in your quiver there you go if legolas you, would be upset yeah, he would, legolas would be so mad at me him and his infinite quiver especially mm, I'm, I'm more of a hobbit than an elf it's oh, fine okay. um i think the data points are great so we have some of that available through our website we try to capture as much as we can we in an anonymized way we kind of put it through either industry or sub industry um, for the, the average, the full range, the average and the median of salaries, which I show students all the time and think is extremely useful. Um, you could also get it from other places online, things like salary.com. Um, the National Bureau of Labor Statistics sometimes has some info that can be useful. Glassdoor. Glassdoor um, are all pieces of data. Um, the one thing you mentioned, it, it can be good to know if your friend that you interned with got a different salary than you did, but it can be hard to bring that up directly to them without <laughs> it feeling combative. Um, I, I, and I've worked with students who have done that where I've said, you may not want to say that directly because they may, co- well, they may come across in a certain don't way. Don't be going, well, Natty got 78. Exactly. Yeah, exactly. Um, you could say, I just wonder, you know, I'm wondering if there's room to move to say 78 here. Yep. And you can go you can go off of that data point that you know without having to share the specific source. Exactly. Or you can back that up with knowing, okay, competitive landscape for this industry says that I should expect it to be around this based on what I saw on Glassdoor from the career services industry reports. Um, th- those are other ways that you can kind of go about doing that. What is your advice? The negotiation doesn't swing the way the student wants it to. Uh, the big, <laughs> I was actually talking to a student about this last week, and... They're like, I'm going to look like a chump when I ask all these questions. And they say, no, there's no wiggle room. They say, and then my response is, okay, great. I'll sign. (laughs) (laughs) But my response to that was just because you're asking these questions and just because even if the answer is that there's no room to move doesn't need mean need to mean that you're instantly accepting the offer. Anyway, you can still express your enthusiasm, express your excitement and say, I'll get back. I'll get back to you. Thank you so much. This was really useful to take a look at, and it's helped me a lot. Um, I'll get back to you soon on my my final decision and my final response. Um, would be a perfectly appropriate way to do it. They may even ask you. They're like, "Oh yeah, but do, like, are you going to?" Or like, they may try to pressure you to do it. Um, depending on who, like, how you want to approach that, it's still fine to to say. Really excited, but I, I'm just going to take some additional time, especially if you're talking to them before the deadline that they give you already. Um, I'll let you know on Friday if that's what they told you originally. Uh, you're talking to them on Wednesday or Thursday. Um, I'll let you know to, tomorrow. Great. Um, and sometimes I've talked to students who have said that, and then the people call them back and be like, hey, so that thing we're talking about before, we were, we were able to move that up. That's great, too. Yeah. Um, yeah. I had one student two years ago who that happened to. You always, if you leave a little bit of a one way, anything could happen. Yeah, you never know. Um, and it's not like you're you're not being overly aggressive. You're not saying... This is unacceptable, and right, I'm right. not going to accept all right, this. Well, I've got until this expires, so you'll hear from me before the deadline. Yeah, um, which is perfectly reasonable and exactly within should be within their expectations. So many of you out there are at this point. You're looking at offers. You're trying to negotiate offers. Some people, 
still on the job market. Obviously, not a worry. And in fact, we have yet another career fair coming up as you are listening to this. This Friday, the Biosciences Career Fair over in Houston Hall, I believe, starts at noon. Uh, noon to four. And we've got a whole Will lunch be provided. I mean, not for the students. <laughs> I know. <laughs> and you, you and I, and that's non-negotiable. Non-negotiable. All Lunch right. is for employers and staff only. <laughs> uh, but we've got a huge selection of people from biosciences, pharmaceutical, life sciences, health sciences, healthcare, health care consulting. Uh, it's a really great spread. So if you have any interest in that very broad definition of biosciences check out who's coming and do swing by houston hall uh, if you are a current student or alum served by the career services office we'd love to see you well uh, i am going to negotiate an early exit from this podcast because i have some uh, programming that i have to host over at van pelt library some specialty programming some specialty programming and so uh we thank you for joining us and we'll see you again next time on cs radio This podcast is presented by University of Pennsylvania Career Services, a division of University Life. It was created by Milan Kirshner and J. Michael DeAngelis. It was produced and hosted by J. Michael DeAngelis and Natty Leach and mixed and edited by Sam Pasco. If you enjoyed this episode, please rate and review us on Apple Podcasts, Podchaser, or wherever you're listening. See you next time on CS Radio.